Well, good morning, Bridge family. You doing all right today? Nice. You look good. It's good to see you today. We're really, really excited that you're here. I know a lot has already been said about She Unites, so I don't want to just keep harping on it. But hey, not only is this Saturday She Unites Half Day happening, but next Sunday, this time, Christine Kane is going to be in both of our morning services. It's going to be fantastic. You don't want to miss it and this opportunity to have her here at the bridge. So be here. Make your plans to join us. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, if you've been here this month, you know that we've been in a series called First Things First, where we're talking about putting God first in every area of our life. And when we started this series two weeks ago, we talked about honoring God or putting him first in the area of our time. How do we give God the first portion of our time and put him first in that area of our life? And then last week, we went from time to temple, and we talked about honoring God's with these earthly bodies, these temples he's given us. But we also talked about the importance of God's house. How do we honor the Lord's house? We talked about the Sabbath in there, but really how God uses those things to bring about completion and health in our lives. And today we're going to go from time to temple, and we're going to talk about treasure. We're going to talk about how we honor God and put him first in the area of our finances. And this isn't a topic we actually talk a whole lot about here at the bridge. Usually it's about two minutes in each one of our services, but we haven't preached on it And I think close to two years. So today we want to catch up and talk about putting God first in this area of our life. And you know, I didn't think that this series would be complete unless Pastor Gary played a big part in it. So why don't we give Pastor Gary a big hand and welcome him back (laughs) to Sunday Morning Platform. (laughs) Yes, some of you thought I was just up here to make him look good. No, I'm going to be sharing today too. I didn't get the memo about the jacket, by the way. Yeah, well, that that kind of thing only comes from prayer and fasting. Right. I've been doing that. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, having said that, you know, in my many years of ministry, one of the things I've learned is that even among Christians, a lot of people struggle with money, with finances, financial situations, financial problems. And what I've learned from dealing with people is a lot of that struggle is fueled by lack It's fueled by fear. Sometimes it's fueled by greed. Sometimes it's fueled by mismanagement. And sometimes it's fueled by the exclusion of God from our finances and our financial understanding of life. And God's principles need to be taught in the church. But one of the things I've learned from, again, many years in the ministry is a lot of people are untaught, a lot of God's principles are untaught, or they're mistaught, or they're misunderstood. And after first service today, it was really interesting, I had a a man come up to me and he said, you know, two years and seven months ago, this, this blew me away, two years and seven months ago, you talked about giving and you taught about giving, and he said, I've been in church for years, and what you taught changed my life. Simply because we taught principles from God's Word. And that's what we're going to do today. Share some principles from God's Word. And I promise you, God wants to be involved in the financial picture of your life. Absolutely does. Yeah, that's right. And as Pastor was saying, there's a lot of reasons why this is a sticky point for some of us. Sometimes it's lack or fear or greed or mismanagement, maybe mismanagement, maybe even a lack of wisdom in some of these areas of our life. And that's part of life, that we grow and God grows us. But with that said, I want to go back to where we started at the beginning of this series, because in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addressed this very principle when he made a pretty broad statement. In Matthew 6, when his disciples had gathered and others came along to listen, 
he talked to, uh, to the disciples and he told them, he said, listen, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. And he talked about the basic necessities, the essentials of life that we all need. And when he went on here, he talked about how God feeds and clothes the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And there was a lot that Jesus said in a small passage here when talking about the kingdom of God, but he makes this statement that we know so well from Matthew 6 and verse 33. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things, the things we just mentioned, the basic essentials of life, all these things will be added to you. And I think if Jesus, you know, if we could go back and kind of summarize what he said into four thoughts, Jesus is saying, first of all, don't worry. God knows what you need, so seek him first, and he will provide. And that was a simple teaching there when he talked about making first things first and allow God to take care of the secondary things. But we see clearly that God wants us to trust him and to look to him to be our provider. But Jesus talks here about seeking first the kingdom of God. First, the kingdom of God. So with that in mind, and is that being our, our foundational foundational principle today, we want to give you two basic principles that we're going to focus on, just two main things that we're going to focus on today when we talk about the area of our finance or our treasure. How do we put God first, okay? Here's the first thought, the first point for the message today. Number one, God asks his people to give to him. God asks his people to give to him. And in talking about this, we want to answer two main questions today about giving to God. The first is, why do we give to God? And the second is, how do we give to God, okay? Why do we give to God and how? So if I could just summarize why we give into one very simple statement, I would say it this way. We give because our giving is obedient worship to God. Our giving is obedient worship to God. So go with me real quick to Genesis chapter 4, way back at the beginning of Scripture, there's a great story that we see right after the creation narrative where the heavens and the earth have been created, Adam and Eve have been created, they have a life, and now they have offspring. And they have two sons first, Cain, the oldest, and Abel, who was younger than him. And Scripture tells us a story about the two of them and their interaction with God. It says in the second half of verse 2 in Genesis 4, Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So they had two different jobs or roles, if you will. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought, watch these words, an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought, watch these words, of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And it says in verse 4, And the Lord respected Abel's offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. So let's pause right there for a moment because you might know the story of Cain and Abel and even what happens next in the story, but let's talk about this principle that we see here. Scripture says that Cain and Abel both brought offerings to the Lord. This is the first place in the entire Bible that we see the word offering used in Scripture or we see that word appear. So here's the question, what is an offering? Well, the simple answer to that is that an offering is anything that I come and bring or offer to God in worship. So when I offer something to God, it's a picture of worship unto him. I'm honoring him. I'm worshiping him. I'm thanking him for who he is in my life. But watch this. The text makes it very clear that not all offerings are the same in God's eyes. 
Because God accepted one, but not the other. It says in verse 5 that God accepted or respected Abel's offering, but he did not accept or respect Cain's offering. So what was the difference? Why did God accept one and not the other? It says in verse 3 that Cain brought an offering. He brought to God what he wanted. But in verse 4, it says that Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, or in other words, we could say that Abel brought his first and he brought his best. See, Cain's offering said, God, I will give you what I want to give you. But Abel's offering said, God, I'm giving you what you've asked for. I'm bringing you my first and I'm bringing you my best. So God accepts Abel's offering, which was different from Cain's. Now, before we move on with the service here in the message, I want to point out a couple of other quick things. In verse 7, it says that God accepts Abel's, but after he doesn't accept Cain's, in verse 7, it says that God looks to Cain and he says, Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Because Cain had this look of anger and dejection that was on his face and on his countenance, as Scripture says. And when he became anger and he felt rejected, he got angry at God and God says, Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? When you see that word accepted in Scripture, what God literally is saying here is he's saying, Cain, if you do well, I will raise you up. I will exalt you. I will elevate you. And the picture that I want everybody to catch this morning is that God was trying to tell him, Cain, you're withholding from me thinking that by keeping what you have, you can elevate yourself. But what I'm telling you is that if you will bring me your first and you will bring me your best, I will elevate you in a way that you never could through withholding. And the principle is established that God is looking for our first and God is looking for our best. Pastor? Yes, and also when we talk about why we're giving, we're really giving in this age to establish God's work and God's kingdom in the earth. Yeah. We give to God to establish his kingdom and establish his church work here in the earth. So in in the second part of this point, God asks us to give to him, talked about why, but I want to talk for a couple of minutes about how should we give to God. Zach mentioned Cain and Abel. Abel brought his first and his best. In Scripture, it says his first of the, of the firstborn and then the fat of it, which means the very best. He brought the best he had and he gave it to God. This is a picture of what God wants us to do in our bringing to God, bringing first and best. Now, in the Bible, there are two main words that give us two ways or describe two types of giving. And I want to talk about this for just a couple of minutes. The first word is the word tithe. You see it predominantly in the Old Testament. It's referred to in the New Testament. But let me, let me kind of take it apart for a couple of minutes. This word tithe simply means a tenth. It means 10%, one-tenth. And a lot of people say, well, tithe just refers to the law for Israel. Well, let me, let me back up for a moment. Before the law was ever given to Israel, back in Abraham's day, Scripture says Abraham's the father of faith. In a sense, he's the father of all of us. In Abraham's day, he was blessed in a season after a big war and a battle. And it says he gave a tenth of all that he had to Melchizedek, who was the priest. And he established this principle of perhaps God asking him to honor him for his goodness with the tenth of what God had blessed him with. Now, when you go on into the nation of Israel, when God gave them laws, he established a priesthood for that nation And God said to the people, I want you, each one, to give me a tenth of every time you increase 
for my house, for my work in the earth, for my spiritual work in my kingdom. And when God established this, there's a lot to it, and I don't want to get into a lot of details because our time is short. If we were to really preach giving, we could spend several weeks teaching giving from God's word because Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else. But here's the principle you see. God told the people, when you are blessed, bring me a tenth of it. Bring me the first and the best of every increase you have in your life. But then God also gave Israel this principle, and it's important for us to understand. In Leviticus 27.30, God said, the tithe, that first and, and special part, belongs to me, and I consider it to be holy. So it's in your hands, I consider it holy, and I'm testing you to see if you will worship me and honor me with that first part. Now, let's fast forward into the New Testament. One day, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees who were spiritual leaders in their day, and here's what Jesus said to them in the New Testament. He said, every time you guys get mint or somebody brings you a little bit of an herb, everything that is considered increase in your life, you always give God a tenth of it. And he said, it's good that you've done that. You should keep doing that. But you also need to not disobey the other parts of the law and the other things that are heart issues for you. Now, one more thing I want to show you. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he said, now here's what I want you to do. On the first day of the week when you gather, as God has blessed you, bring something to God that's your first and your best of which you've been blessed with. So we see this principle throughout scripture. And here's what we learn from this. My tithe honors God and it declares that God is my source of blessing. Do you have anything that God didn't bless you with? Do you have anything you did for yourself? Everything that you've done that you think I have done, God's given you the energy, the grace, the strength to accomplish that. God says, I'm going to bless you. So turn and honor me as your source in this life. Now, the other thing that ties in here, I mentioned two words. First is tithe, the second one's offering. Sometimes offering can be referred to as alms, giving to the poor. Sometimes offerings were given for special occasions, such as building the tabernacle and building the temple. That wasn't done with tithe money. It was done with offering money. So we give tithe to God because he asked for it, and then we give offerings as a sign of our generosity, and God has promised to bless all of our giving. Yeah, and the thing that I love that he just mentioned from Leviticus 27, I know that, as I said last week, man, Leviticus, that's everybody's favorite book in the Bible. We just love, we could read that one over and over again. Yeah. But one of the things that I love about that, that God establishes really with his people there, is he said the tenth or the, the first tenth, the tithe, it belongs to me. And over the years, as I've settled that in my heart, one of the things I've come to understand is that it already belongs to God. It's not mine. And so once we establish that, we understand it prioritizes, it puts in order our finances when we choose. God, you're first, and I trust that you're going to take care of everything else. And then, of course, God asks us to be good managers and wise stewards of what we have, but that all starts with putting him first. So when we talk about giving today, we want to first just talk about how God asks his people to give, to be generous, to honor him and put him first, okay? So that's the first thought that we want to share today. But let's go to the second point of our message today, and we'll spend the rest of our time here today. The second point or principle that we want to share with you is simply this. Number two, God sees and honors our giving. God sees and he honors our giving. Now, I want to take you to a story in the New Testament that I think illustrates this so well, and we'll have a little bit of fun with this. 
There's a story in Mark chapter 12 where Jesus is teaching in the temple in Jerusalem. And at this point in the text, what we see is that the triumphal entry has already happened where Jesus has come back into Jerusalem. Pretty soon he's going to be going to the cross. And when you see Jesus appear at the temple and he's teaching, it's really interesting because he observes and watches. And there's a lot of those Pharisees and religious leaders that Pastor talked about who are there and they're critiquing Jesus. But Jesus seems to slip away, and it tells us in Mark 12 that Jesus goes over and he sits near what was called the treasury of the temple. The picture I want you to catch is this. It would be as if Jesus grabbed one of these stools and went and sat back by our giving stations and just watched what was going on as people were exiting. That's kind of the picture that we see. Now, can we all just admit for a moment that it would be really, really awkward if Pastor Gary went and sat by the giving station on the way out to make sure that people were giving? Not only would it be awkward, but it would call to question the motives of our heart. But Jesus was God. Jesus was omniscient. He knew all things, and he was watching the motivations of people's hearts as they gave. And in Mark 12, it tells us that there's a widow who comes, and as Jesus is watching, this widow comes, and she brings what is called the widow's mite, or two copper coins, depending on what translation you're reading. And she brings these two copper coins, which were the equivalent of a small fraction of, an, of a very small sum of money. And she takes them and she puts them into the treasury. And Jesus watches as all these other people come by and they appear to be putting in so much more than this widow does. And watch what happens in Mark 12 and verse 43. So Jesus called his disciples to himself and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. But in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Now, Jesus is saying a lot here, but the first principle that I want to point out to everybody in the room is simply this. Jesus saw her giving. And it wasn't about the amount, it was about the motivations of her heart. And Jesus saw the amounts that others were putting in and then saw how small her amount was. And Jesus points out to the disciples, listen, it's not just about the amount. There's something to be said for honoring God with what he's asked for, no doubt about it. But as other people came and gave so much more, it was simply a portion of their abundance. But this woman came and essentially gave the last of what she had. It was everything. And Jesus said, though her amount might have been smaller, the motivation of her heart and her praise and her worship here was so much bigger because she gave not out of her abundance, she gave out of her poverty. And I think it's so important that we understand that when we give, we're not giving to appease leaders in the church. Can I tell you something? This will be a relief. You're not giving to appease your pastors. You give to honor God. And guess what? God sees our Giving, And I think this picture with Jesus in the temple illustrates it so very well. And let me give you one other thought before we talk about God honoring our giving. The Apostle Paul said something so interesting in Philippians 4. If you're like me, I always remember Philippians 4 by the famous uh, scripture in verse 13 where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who give me strength. And we know that verse very well. But if you take that verse and put it in its context, Paul was talking about contentment. He says, I know how to be content when I'm in a time of abundance, and I know what it's like to, ha- to be content when I'm abased or I'm in a time of lack. But within that picture, he talks to the Philippian church, and he encourages them. He says, I'm so thankful for your giving that you've done to support my ministry. He says, and I don't say that because of the fruit that I've abounded with. Watch what he says here in Philippians 4.17. He says, I want to see you continue to give because I want to see the fruit abound to your account. 
And what Paul's saying here is, you've sowed seeds into my ministry, but I'm not just the one who partakes in the fruit. As you sow, God is adding fruit to your account. Because God not only sees our giving, but God honors our giving as well. Does anybody believe that this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to think that God's keeping track of my giving. He's keeping account of all of it. Now, th- this is, for some people, this is a heavy subject today. For a lot of us, it's not. But for some people, it is. Before I go any further, let's have a light moment here. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends. And I have some really ornery friends. They don't have the spirit of Jesus like me. They're just ornery. I mean, really, really ornery. One of my preacher friends just texted me, and it pops up on my, my iPad here. I forgot to shut that part off. And one of my buddies texted me, my preacher friends texted me. He's watching online today. And he says, boy, you look good in that sport coat, but your zipper's down. And I'm, so I, 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 he's lying. It's not true. It's not true. So, Having said that, now we've had a light moment. Why? If God sees our giving and he keeps account of it, let me, let me move to the next part of this. God honors our giving. And here's where a lot of us get lost in the whole concept of giving to God. Many of us only see this as the law. Well, you got to give, you got to give. God said you got to give. God said you... And so we get this thing going in our head and we're having these financial situations and we just get lost so we try to ignore it. And, and then and whenever you talk about the offering at church and giving to God, we get all frustrated. Let me just pause for a moment and tell you, God never intended for giving just to be law of your life. He intended for us to learn the grace of giving. The grace of giving. Now... If you like to read and you love to do some study in Scripture, go home and read 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 because Paul talks a lot in there about giving. But I want to give you just some highlights from those two chapters real quickly. First of all, in verse number 7 of chapter 8, Paul said this, as you abound in everything, in other words, as you're growing in your faith, in your speech, in your knowledge, in your diligence, in your loving people, He said, see that you also abound in the grace of giving. The grace of giving. As I'm growing in God in other areas of my life, I need to learn to grow so that this becomes a grace in my life. In verse 9, he tells us why. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He said, look at where you're at. It's because God sent Jesus to redeem you and put your life on a different path. So as you're growing in God and all this grace of God is showing up and changing your life, don't forget about the grace of giving. Let giving be a grace in your life and not just a law in your life. And then when you get into chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about our giving and he's talking about not just our tithe but our offerings. And he says... Our giving to God and to his work and the needs of others can be compared to planting seed or sowing seed in the garden. He said, if you sow a kernel of corn, you reap not a kernel of corn, but a whole stock grows with several kernels of corn or several ears of corn and several kernels on each of those ears. And what he said was, give with the spirit of freedom give with the happy spirit because god sees how you sow and how you sow it'll be blessed back into your life the same way 
And he said, if you give a little, God blesses a little. If you give a lot, God blesses a lot. Now, you can get upset at me and say, well, this is a crazy teaching. It's the word of God. It's clear. It's simple. It's in concept. It's in context talking about our giving and God blessing our giving. And he said, let the way you give come from your heart, from a right heart, an attitude of grace, and God will bless it back into your life freely the same way. And then he says this in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. He says, but God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you will have all sufficiency in all things so that you can abound to every good work. Now, what does that mean, to abound to every good work? Well, let me walk you back for just one more minute and connect this for you. We talked earlier about tithe and offerings. At the end of the Bible, the the Old Testament, there's the book of Malachi. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. God has been dealing with Israel and their rebellion for hundreds of years. And God's about to go silent for about 300 years before John the Baptist and then Jesus comes. So the book of Malachi, God is putting his finger on several things that Israel is ignoring from his law. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, God starts talking about their giving, how they've ignored his house and his work in the earth. But here's what God says to them in Malachi 3.10. God said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts or the the Lord of angel armies. What he says is, try me, put me to the test. Let this become a part of your life and see what I will do. And then he goes on to say this, or this, if you will do that, here's what I will do. I will open for you the windows of heaven and I'll pour out for you such blessing there will not be room enough to receive it. In other words, what your needs are, they will be provided for and then there will be extra that you can be a blessing to other people in the world around you and other needs in the world when you run into them. That's what it means to abound in God and have his abundance in our lives. So God sees and God honors our giving. Now, I want to throw this in just real quickly. A lot of you are sitting there saying, you know what, I love this, this is great, but if you knew my financial situation, I don't know how I would do this. Let me tell you something. When you come to God, God begins to rearrange and change every area of your life. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. You begin to walk away from things. You begin to change your lifestyle. You change this, you change this, or you change that. It's the same thing with finances. God says, make adjustments here. Honor me first and see what I will do in your life. I want to challenge you today, not because I can back it up, but because God can. Yeah. God says, prove me and just see what I'll do. Yeah, I love that thought. And when we talk about tithing, I think it's really important to say, Pastor said this earlier. He said, you know, sometimes we see giving or tithing and offerings, we see it as law, like it's something that we have to do. Can I just tell you one of the greatest revelations that I got about tithing and giving was that when I give to God, it's not like giving protection money to the mafia. It's not like God saying, you better give it or I'm not going to look at No, we have the privilege and the honor of giving to God. We don't give to us. get because he's blessed. We, yep. we give, we get to give. We don't give to get. 
And it's so important that we understand that. And I, I feel like it was important to say that because sometimes we can approach giving with fear. And God says, no, just put me first, put me to the test and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and provide for you. Not only that, but I'll tell you something else that really helped me. And this is the thing that settled the issue of tithing for me many years ago. And I was one of the fortunate ones that I learned this at 24, 25, and I didn't have to make the big adjustment later on in life. But I remember hearing this teaching and it all clicked for me. Scripture says in the New Testament that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. We are the family of God. We are under a new covenant with God because Jesus, who was the son of God, the firstborn of many brethren, was sacrificed. God gives the first as a sacrifice, and guess what? Guess what? It redeemed all the rest. When I look at the principle of the tithe, the principle is the exact same thing. When I give the first, God redeems the rest. Yep. And the point that I want to make in saying that is this. What God is saying here is test me and see if you can't do more with 90 with my blessing than what you would be able to do with 100 without it. Last week we talked about the Sabbath. God says keep the Sabbath holy, consecrate it, set it apart. What God was saying there was take that day of rest and see if you can't be as productive in six days with my blessing, more productive than you would be in seven without it. It's the exact same principle. We give to God first, he redeems the rest, and he sees to it that what we have is blessed so much more than we would be able to do on our own. And I really want to drive that home today because that was what settled it for me. So with all of that said today, I want to remind you one more time that God sees and he honors our giving. Now, to conclude the message this morning, I want to share a couple of thoughts from my heart, and then we're going to pray, have a couple of different prayers here toward the end of the service. But one thing that I think is really, really important is to say this. We've been talking about this message for weeks and kind of putting our own thoughts together, and I was really looking forward to us doing this together today. But as you prepare and you kind of think about the audience you're going to be speaking to, we recognize that the topic of giving can be a sticky subject for all the reasons that Pastor mentioned earlier, but not only that, Listen, we also recognize that there's the total opportunity that some people, you know, could just kind of take this the wrong way and say, well, the church and money and money in the church, here we go again. And I think it has been a couple of years since we've done a message, an entire message on giving. But let me say this to everybody in the house this morning, if we can be as transparent as possible. We're going to answer to God for the motivations of our heart when we bring a message like this. Mm-hmm. So we say that very humbly. But here's the other side of the coin. We also answer to God for whether or not we told you the truth about our money. And we want to see God bless your finances, bless the treasure he's given you. That when we put him first, he opens up the windows of heaven, not just on our church, but on every single individual life and family that's represented in this house. And I don't know about you, but I need God's blessing on my finances. I need God to add his blessing. So that's the motivation of our heart today in saying all that. And then finally, first things first. The whole concept, the whole idea behind this message today was coming around to a very key area of our life, our money, our finances, our treasure, one of the biggest sources of stress in our life, whether it be because of lack or fear or greed or mismanagement, whatever it might be. Sometimes it's because we've had legalism kind of put in our heads that makes us see God a certain way. But when we choose to put God first, we open up the windows or we open up and we give God the opportunity for him to bless our lives. And that's why we wanted to share this with you guys today. So I want to pray a prayer. And it's kind of a twofold prayer for everybody in the room today and everybody that's watching online as well. For everybody in the house, I want to pray that God would just help you and show you and just kind of settle this issue in your heart. 
wherever you might be, because we're not all in the same place. So I'm going to ask if you would just bow your heads for a moment right there where you're at. In this moment, I'm reminded of a time when someone said to me, Zach, I can't afford to tithe. How do I get there? And I said, I believe that when we pray, God's going to give you the wisdom to show you how to get from where you are to where he's asking you to go and take those steps of faith. And so that would be a part of my prayer this morning. Father, I pray that you would settle in our heart how to put you first in the area of our finances. God, it's such a big, key, crucial area of our life, such a big source of stress, but I pray that we would settle this issue and that you would relieve the stress from our lives. Jesus, you said that we don't have to worry about these things if we would just simply put you first because our Father in heaven will take care of all the secondary things. God, you see the needs of your people. You see the essential things that we need. I pray for every person in the house today that's stressed out about these basic necessities. I pray that you would calm their hearts and their spirits and that you would walk them down this path of putting you first and that you would honor the steps that they take to do what you've asked them to do. And then secondly, Father, I pray a very specific prayer for every person who has made the decision, they've settled this in their heart, to honor you, to put you first. I pray blessing over their life in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would honor your word, honor your promise, that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing into their life they won't be able to contain it. Why? Because we're not meant to be containers of your blessing, but distributors of it. So I pray today that you would bring blessing into people's lives in Jesus' name. God, that you would honor your word for those who have been trusting you. I pray that those who are believing for something specific right now, that they would find your blessing in the area of their finances. That you would just unlock it and it would come in like a flood, Father, and overtake them. Blessing that they can't contain on their own. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I want to talk to everyone for just one minute. We're almost finished. Our time is almost up. But maybe you've sat here today and you've listened to this. Maybe you've been online listening to this today. You know, God, God speaks to all of us as we hear his word and he, he touches things in our lives. But you listen to this today and, and maybe you've heard this and you thought, you mean God, if he's really out there, God really cares about financial material needs in my life? Absolutely. God is concerned about every single area of our lives. And God gives us his word to bring order to our lives and give him the opportunity to get involved in our lives. And maybe you've listened to this today and you've thought, you know, that all sounds great, but I don't even know God. I'm not in relationship with God. I've never committed my life to him. I've never started a journey of faith. Can I tell you today, we read it earlier from 2 Corinthians 8. God loves you so much, he put his own son on a cross to pay for your sins, to wash away everything that was wrong with you so that he could take everything that was right with Jesus and pour it into your life. Even the blessings that you need in this life. That's how much God loves you. But God cannot get involved in our lives until we open our hearts in faith and say, Lord, I want you, I need you, I welcome you into my life. So I want to pray a prayer today that I think will help open the door of your heart now, I'm going to ask you to just wrap your heart around this prayer and let's let God begin to work it in our lives today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for the privilege of sharing your word with someone who might not know you, might not yet be walking with you. And as they've sat and listened to this today, they've realized you're such a good God that you care about our eternal future. You care about our life now, even down to the point of caring about our financial picture and our material needs Father, I pray today that people who hear this would start at square one and pray this prayer with me. 
I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for my sins, paid the price for all of my failures, who was raised from the dead because, Father, you accepted his sacrifice, and then he ascended back to the Father because his work on earth was finished here. And Father, I put my faith in Jesus today. I accept him, I embrace him as my Savior, and I choose to make Jesus the Lord of every area of my life, and I begin my journey today. Help me learn your ways. Help me learn to walk with you. And from this day forward, you will be my father and I will be your child because of Jesus. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, I believe it's the most important prayer you ever pray in your life. But it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. We want to help you get started on your journey. We have a little tool we want to give you, a booklet called The Next Seven Days. It'll help you start your journey with God. When service is over, we'll have prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. If you just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you, no strings attached. If you want to uh, get it without asking questions, fine. If you've got questions, you want prayer for something, they're here to help you. If you're in a rush, out in the lobby before you leave the, uh, through the glass doors, right in the middle, there's a counter set up there. You can get the same booklet there. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. Would you join me? Let's welcome new believers into God's family today. God bless you. I want to share one thing that just kind of came to my heart as we were doing this because I think this ties things together and then we're going to pray one last prayer before we go today. As we talked about giving this morning, in Exodus chapter 13, God established this principle with his people. And they didn't have currency while the Israelites had come out of Egypt and gone into the wilderness. But God instituted this principle and said, among your livestock, the firstborn male of all your livestock shall come and be an offering, a sacrifice to me. And Moses wrote these words. He said, one day, one day your kids are going to ask you, why do we do this? And he said, because they're going to look around and say, but we're ranchers. We raise livestock and you're sacrificing them? Why, why would we do that? And Moses said, when your kids ask you this, this is what you're going to tell them. We didn't always have this freedom. We used to be slaves. But God with a mighty hand rescued us and he parted the seas and walked us into his purposes and his freedom that he had for our life. Yep. This is a room full of people that are free because yep. of Christ Jesus. Yep. Yep. We celebrate that. And I just want to reiterate one more time that when we give, we don't just give out of obligation. We give because of what God has done for us. Yep. Amen. Hey, I want to ask if you would stand to your feet before we go this morning. We want to pray one more special prayer today. In this series this month, we've been talking about first things first. And right now, we are in the middle of two weeks of prayer and fasting. And I know that there are many of you in our church who are participating in extended prayer and even fasting right now. Last week, we handed out prayer cards because we wanted to be praying over your needs as a church. In fact, this past Wednesday night, we had a time of special prayer here at the church that we opened up to anyone and everyone at 7 o'clock this past Wednesday. We're doing it again this Wednesday night from 7 to 8. We have special prayer here at the church, and all are invited to come. Bridge Youth is happening. Bridge Kids will be happening also for your kids, and it's an awesome night. We had a great turnout and a special time of prayer. But 
if you didn't get to pr- fill out one of these prayer cards, we still want to give you that opportunity. Before you go, there's two tables that are right here as you exit the auditorium. You could just stop by, grab a prayer card. You can fill it out and drop it in one of those containers on the tables because we want to be praying with you over your needs. So whether you submitted one of these, whether you have needs that you haven't you know, written out or you got something you want to do later, we want to stand in agreement right now. So would you just extend your hand toward these needs that are represented in these prayer cards today? Father, we thank you that you are a good God who sees the needs of your people. God, our declaration of faith today is that you are good, that you do good, and that every good and perfect gift comes from you. So Father, today we lift our needs to you knowing that your ear is not deaf and your arm is not short, that you want to reach down and you want to be involved in the needs and situations of your people. So today we lift these needs to you in faith and hope and in confidence, believing and declaring that you are a healer. God, you are a provider. God, you are a deliverer. And God, you are our source. You are our savior. Everything we need in life comes from you. So we stand today in confidence, believing that you have heard our prayers and that you see our needs and that you are actively involved in the situations of our lives. And right now, God, we just take this moment to praise you and to thank you in advance for the answers that are coming, God. We thank you that you have heard our prayer and that you are bringing answers. We don't pray problems. We pray solutions and answers today in Jesus' name. We stand in this confidence today because we know the promises of your word, so we hold fast to them, believing that you are faithful. And everybody that agreed this morning said together in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God praise one more time in the house. Hey, have a fantastic day. We are so glad that you have been in church. Next weekend, She Unites, Christine Kane on Sunday mornings. Have a great Sunday and an awesome week.